welcome once again to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Robert Weathers, here in Williamsburg, Virginia, and we here at Panglossian Productions have a love for the weird. We love the unproduced and underproduced, and we sure have a love for 10-minute plays. And over the course of our, of our time here in Williamsburg, Virginia, we've accumulated so many 10-minute plays that it is impossible that we would be able to produce them all. But many of them deserve at least a cold read, so we're going to do that for you here tonight. And to help me do that, I have to my right a returning guest, Jason Ballou. Welcome, Jason. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> the honor is mine. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> uh, we're glad to have you here once again. Um, so, uh, Jason, uh, we're going to read a play here tonight called Everyone Laughs at the King's Jokes by Michael Perlmutter. And I'm going to ask you a question that's tangentially related to you the play. I love that word. I do. Yeah, every week. Every please, week. Please, go on. <laughs> so, Jason, I think most everybody has had a situation before where they couldn't laugh at something. Uh, for one reason or another, they weren't permitted to laugh. Not permitted to laugh. Yeah. It was funny, but they... Yeah. Okay, yeah, Have you ever been in a situation where you had to laugh or find something funny? So, oh, so just the opposite where... Yeah, I, tur turned it around okay. and made it much more niche. Man, I had difficult. great examples for times I wanted to laugh and couldn't. Well, um, tell me about that. Uh, well, usually they're, they're work-related and something very inappropriate has happened and I just want to crack up, but I, I, uh -huh. I can't. Uh-huh. Or so. been sitting in church or something like that. I don't <laughs> go to church, but, uh, oh, right. <laughs> you know, it's all the same. All right, but no, um, times where I had to laugh, um, ooh, ooh, uh, <laughs> you know a, what, I, an I'm actually, overly, an overly wry look just came out of his face. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to apologize to the listening audience. I am going to abstain from that question because the only thing that came to mind is uh, something I can't say. Oh, well, that's so, probably fine. <laughs> nothing out Now I've got nothing. It's literally just that one thing. So Great. I apologize. <laughs> well, that's all right. We'll lock that up in a box and we'll let the beers flow and see Ooh, what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you here, even though you're not willing to share your dirtiest secrets on, on a podcast that goes out into the internet and... Anybody could possibly listen to it. That's fine, Jason. Don't worry about it. I'm good. Anyways, I'm good. <laughs> so once again, we're going to read a play called Everyone Laughs at the King's Jokes. And uh, we have a number of people who are joining us here tonight. To Jason's right, we have Michael Wessenberger. Welcome back. You look like you uh, you want to laugh, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> that's That's good. Wait, that was a weird response to that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, laughing right now to Michael's right, we have Kurt Smith. Welcome back, Kurt. Hey. Are you all right, Kurt? I can neither confirm nor deny that I am all right. Uh -huh. you, 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 I see you're wearing a rather kingly scarf. I'm taking a page from our government, yes. Yes. Oh, whoa. Oh, well, things just got political. Yeah. Darn it, Kurt. Oh, just keeping it lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, other news. <laughs> Over here to my left, we have Christina Wessenberger. Welcome yeah. back, Christina. Was that, did you bring the dip, the seven layer dip in there, Christina? Was that I did not bring it. You didn't bring it? It came in my car, but oh, I did it, not bring oh, it. Oh, I said, Michael, did you, you brought it? I did, yes. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Thank you for coming, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> and to Christina's left, we have returning guest Kemper McDowell. Welcome, Kemper. Very glad to be here. The last time that you were here, we read a play that you wrote. That is true. That, but you did not write this one. I did not. No, uh, 
Yeah, Perlmuter wrote this one. <laughs> Old Perlmuter. All the nerds. <laughs> All the people that would submit a play to this theater company. Perlmuter, are you kidding? <laughs> Flat bottom Perlmuter? Uh, no, not oh that guy. God. <laughs> well, anyways. <laughs> it's fine play, bro. Oh, yes. Member of the Dramas Guild. And a great catfisher. Well known in his canals of Louisiana. Alright, we yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Lord. oh boy. We're trying, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. This is rough. Okay. So. Well, uh thanks everybody for coming tonight. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a really good time reading this play. Uh so tonight, uh as I said earlier for our listening audience, this is a cold read. These guys do uh, do not know what this play is about. They've not laid eyes on it before. And I'm gonna assign the roles right now. So Kurt, if you would be so kind as to play King. And Christina, if you would be so kind as to play daughter. Kemper, if you would please play father. Jason Chamberlain. Mm -hmm. And Michael, I would like for you to play armed guard. Thank you. I will read the stage directions for you as usual. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Everyone Laughs at the King's Jokes by Michael Perlmuter. The setting is a courtyard of the palace, Elizabethan era. Exact date is undetermined. Uh, descriptions of the characters are the king is a jester at heart, middle-aged, early 50s. The daughter is a commoner in her 20s to 30s. Father is a weathered man, a working commoner, a few years younger than the king. Chamberlain is of undetermined age. He's a consult to the king. The armed guards, there are a number of armed guards here, but there is one armed guard with a speaking role. And there are additional citizens as, as desired. So I encourage everyone, if the moment is appropriate, we can come in with some rabble-rabble or what have you. Aye, my lord. Whatever suits, whatever suits your fancy. At the rise, an Elizabethan courtyard with a well-placed central throne. On the throne sits the king, or sat the king, because as we open the scene, the king is now standing. Furious, hollering at the court full of people gathered, although not so furious as to spill any wine from his goblet. Still, furious all the same. Amongst those gathered in the courtyard, who are being yelled at, are, middle -aged, are a middle-aged gentleman in his early fifties, weathered with time, but a few years younger than the king himself. Also amongst those present are the king's chamberlain, and preferably two armed guards, the king addresses both of the audience as well as anyone within eye or earshot. Get out! Get out! Everybody! Out! Now! Accept him! Yes. You, sir. You. Stay. Everyone else out! The daughter is rushing to the side of the man singled out to stay. No! No, 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 he didn't know what he was doing. He, he didn't know what he Move along, miss. There's, there's been a mistake. There are no mistakes. But he's my father, he's old, he's half dead. He didn't know. D didn't know what? He's half deaf. Did I mention half? I can't stress half enough. He only hears women. Do you wish us to stay, sir? Why would I want that? Discretion? The king waves them off and reclaims his seat. Stay close at hand. Your honor, your, your excellency. 
What is she doing here? Y Your Highness, he's my father. He's old. How old? He looks a wee bit younger than me. Am I old? No, 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 sir. You are, your Excellency, you are the perfect age. So I've been told. When I was 20, I was the perfect age. When I was 30, I was the perfect age. Every year, it seems, the perfect age follows me like a shadow. The king <sighs> laughs at his own joke. It's a silly laugh. <laughs> He's a jester enjoying his own material. The chamberlain and daughter fall in step laughing as well. <laughs> However, the father does not join. The daughter approaches the king. And, and he, sirs, is living in your shadow just shy of the perfect age. Poor fellow. Poor indeed. Piss poor. Can't even afford a bucket. Do you need a bucket? Does he need a bucket? Somebody bring me a bucket! Bucket! That was a joke. Cancel the bucket! <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't he laugh at my jokes? If, if it please your honor. Miss? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> she can stay. Let her stay. She, she has fire. I like that. Not that I like her in that way. I'm old enough to be, since obviously I'm older than you, and clearly you're old enough to be her father, making her young enough to be my daughter, and if my interest were in that way, then maybe perhaps I could understand laughing at my jokes, but <clears throat> being her father, all but being her father, piss poor that she can't afford a bucket, if I were the king and did have an interest enough in your daughter in that way, I would think you'd be hysterically happy and would pretty much laugh at anything that I said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Father is not replying. We've established that he's not deaf, am I correct? Half deaf? Shall I remove the daughter? No, she stays. Have you ever heard the phrase, everyone laughs at the king's jokes? Do you know why everyone laughs at the king's jokes? Because he's the king. Uh, I was hoping it would be because he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he, he fell on his head as a boy. Well, this is almost interesting. And in the spirit of the ten minutes, I almost have... I almost have, I will grant you, an audience. <laughs> Thank you, my lord. There's a pause. They're waiting for the father to reply. In the name of everything sacred, please. Thank you, my lord. Very well! <laughs> Why? Do you, do you not think that I am funny? He was dropped! That's a child! Yes, we heard that. I want to hear it. 
from him. I have an appointment in under 10 minutes for both a pedicure and a concubine, so please do not waste my time! Sir? Uh, pedicure and a concubine? This one is disgusting. <laughs> and a vile display of cleaning between my toes while the other one is in an exquisite form of pleasure that lasts all too briefly. So I had in mind that if I were to combine the two, I would, the one would distract me enough that the pleasure from the other would at least uh, last uh, an incalculably longer time. Uh, <laughs> what if, Your Excellency, the pleasure of the one, Your Great Excellency, is instead turned vile and disgusting by the commission of the other? Oh, most reverend and honored Excellency! You are quite right. <laughs> Cancel the concubine! Cancel the concubine! <laughs> <laughs> My feet are filthy and in need of a good scrub. We have less than eight minutes to go. Why didn't you find me funny? I'll tell you. Are you one of those religious nuts who sees humor in nothing because God is angry at us all? Or are you one of those religious nuts who are just... there? My father is neither more nor more religious than, than any other man. More nor less religious than a king. Than a man, there is no comparison to a king. Oh. <laughs> she is good. You should be writing this down. Is, am I supposed to say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. Are you? Yes. I like a good game. Are you, uh, 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 do you have a cause? Are you, are you consumed by your cause? And are you angered by your king who wishes to jest and that he, uh, the king, <laughs> uh, me, <laughs> should be more focused on the causes of the kingdom and his, uh, <laughs> my people, that there should be no waste of uh, time on such frivolity. And after all, why can't I just take my job seriously in the first place? <laughs> Is that what you find so funny? Repeat the first part. He doesn't have a cause. Your wife died. You are sick with grief. And even the thought of a smile you would fear tarnish her memory. It would be like cheating on her if you were to abandon your sorrow. Even for a moment. Uh... Why? My wife isn't dead, sir, but, but she does scream a lot. In pain. In frustration. 
Yeah, that I understand. <laughs> I just don't think you're funny. Daddy! Shall I remove him? Nip, nip, nip! This is rare. This is remarkable. An honest man. I would give half my kingdom for an honest man. Although, <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> I think I'll keep it up, all the same. Yep, all for me, or still all mine. But I am impressed with your, uh, what is the word for it? Insolence, insubordination, foolishness, sir. No, 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 no. None of those. Lack of dignity, lack of foresight. Uh, lack of... Something like that. Something uh, lacking... Uh, I can't think of a word. Me either. But we're obviously thinking the same thing. This is an incredible moment. This, this man, your father. What, what is your name, sir? Sexton, my lord. Oh. Sir Sexton, I am, I am, uh, honored by your honesty. And Miss Sexton, that you would stand beside your father at this hour would. Such devotion I could only pray I would receive. I'm not funny. Chamberlain, do you think I'm funny? I laugh, your highness. Yeah. I laugh until yeah. I can't remember what I'm laughing for. You see what I'm dealing with? I'm not funny. I so want to be funny. This isn't fair. Everyone laughs at the king's jokes because he's the king. He doesn't have to be funny. But I want to be funny. Why has nobody told me this before? You have done your king a great disservice. Well, you will teach me to be funny. Me, your honor? Him. Well, certainly not you. Tell me a joke. Make me funny. Your Excellency, my my father doesn't really have a sense of humor. Ah, of course he does. Everyone does. Except, it seems, me. Sir, the time. What? The pedicure. Already? Oh, damn. Fine. He's looking at his feet. Take them out. Have them here killed. <laughs> the Chamberlain signals to the armed guards who then gather to escort off the father and daughter, who are both standing, still in shock at the king's decree. Just as the guards reach for the couple's arms, the king snickers. A good-natured laugh steals through his kingly composure. <laughs> the Chamberlain is unsure whether to laugh or not. The daughter wants to laugh, wants it to be a joke, so she laughs along with the king. The armed guards pick up the laugh alongside the king and the daughter. The chamberlain falls into line as the laugh grows more and more genuine. 
The father smiles, and he realizes the jest was all in good play. Finally, they're all laughing, none more so than the king. And the laughter continues through the drink from his cup. However, my cup is empty. So you're never actually going to kill us. Stop. You'll have me peeing myself. <laughs> 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 Your appointment awaits, sir. You take them through the town, escort them safely to the houses, so everyone may see that uh, their king is not a killer. <laughs> He's a funny man. <laughs> you are a funny man. I am a funny man. <laughs> you are. I, I misjudged you. You are a funny man. King, king, king. I am a funny king. The armed guards are beginning to escort king. them out, and they're heading out. Thank you. There's a brief moment of silence as the king and Chamberlain compose themselves following the father and daughter's exit, during which the king considers his empty cup. He then turns to the Chamberlain discreetly. Have it done in their sleep. To the un unseen kitchen staff. Cup! The end. <laughs> I think this is really funny. <laughs> so we're going to uh, move on to the part of the show now where we discuss the play that we just read. And I'm going to do something a little bit different than I have in a lot of shows previous. Everyone on here has been on a show previously, but uh, it was only in the last show that I started to begin the discussion session with your thoughts. I want to know, what, what are your first impressions of this play? Uh, what did you, uh, it can be as simple as, I like the play, or what, whatever you might uh, have to say. Um, uh, Jason, you're in the special seat over here. What are your first impressions of the play we just read? Actually, I, I really liked it. I think the only, uh, the only thing that I wanted more from it is I wanted more of the father. 
Like, I, 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 maybe that's where the director comes in and whatever he's doing milling around in his deafness, and, and I don't know. Because I, I just picture him as this fumbling old man who's just completely useless in life. Uh, but I, I, I guess, I don't know, I wanted more. So that, that would what I, uh -huh. would, as a director or as the actor, as the father, uh, if, if Kemper were doing it, I, I'd be curious to see what else he would do in all of that space where he's not talking. Sure. Uh, is he paying attention or is he just completely woo, <laughs> senile and crazy? You know, it could be hilarious. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you think, Kurt? I think it's uh, a beautiful script. I um, it's dark and light, and I love dark comedies. And I don't know, maybe I read too much darkness into it, but I think it's um, uh, it's like Martin McDonough meets King Lear. <laughs> wow. I think you're right though. I mean I think there I think there is a very heavy uh dark undertone in in this. Uh if for if for nothing else, it, you know, it's a it's a unilateral society, obviously. You know, yeah. the king's whim is what goes, and if he wants to have someone's head he shouts off with their head, then someone genuinely thinks for a second, Oh, I'm about to die. Right. Yeah, but but then probably thanks the king for this great service that he's offering. You know, uh -huh. that, that's the power of the crown, right? Right. And I think that's what you know. I mean, I read the king clearly, but I think that's the 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 game that you can play with this character is when is it fun, mm -hmm. and when is it serious? Right. Because it's not fun for the king necessarily when it's serious for the people, and it's not serious for the people when it's fun for the king necessarily. And I think that interplay is supremely fun for an audience to watch when they're constantly trying to catch up with one another. Mm, yep, well said. Yeah, I think you're right. Any thoughts on that? You had a, a lot of observation time there, uh, Michael. The yeah, armed, armed yeah as the armed guard, I'm just glad that I'm still alive. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm probably the henchman that goes out and kills the people in the middle of the night. So. <laughs> or at least comes back and says that they're dead, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. What do you think, Christine? What were your first impressions of the play? Well, it's, it's fine. It's interesting. Uh -huh. um, my big question, once again, is a female sitting here at a table with one, two, three, four men. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't the king a queen? What was the, the decision-making process there? And why, once again, as a girl, am I relegated to playing the daughter or the sidekick? Or, you know, how, mm -hmm. how is it as a playwright? A playwright goes into the process of writing a play and determines, I'm going to write this play and there are going to be four men and just one woman. So, uh, you know, here, here. not that it wasn't good, it was great, but mm -hmm. thinking about all of the opportunities that women have and the fact that there just aren't as many as there are for men. So I think that's fair. Yeah, sure. Here, here. Anything to add to that, Kemper? Uh, I guess what, uh, well, first I should probably say, well, Paul Weir's done it again. Good <laughs> <laughs> old flat-bottom uh, girl meter. <laughs> no, I, the thing that, that jumps out at me is it really seems to be a bit of a tip of the cap to the Emperor's new clothes, mm -hmm. and uh, very mm -hmm. much uh, based on that and uh, converting the, uh, the invisible clothes to the, uh, the funniness. And, uh, but the same principle uh, applies. It's the uh, same theme. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I you're like, right about that. Uh, I like old uh, tales, and uh, this is a nice little uh, salute to uh, one of the old tales, I think. Mm -hmm. oh, but I just thought of something, actually. Yeah. I think it would be interesting uh, if you were to do another version of this where there's actually someone else, one of the other characters in the room, actually is really funny. And somehow see where that shifts it, you know. And but no one else can laugh at that. So that's where you you remind me of the question you asked at the beginning. Is right. There are things you can't laugh at, but you know some things that were just like, 
Well, that was clearly comedy, but th- th- we can't laugh. And it so. should be a woman. <laughs> if you, I, I don't see any reason why not, right? <laughs> I mean, she could be funny, really funny, but no one could laugh. Or at least, or if she supplements the king's jokes in some way uh, and makes them funnier. Oh yeah, that's another another idea. Yeah, saves <laughs> saves the joke, saves the day, saves the people in the room from being from the wrath of the king in mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah, that that sort of yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> So um, what about uh, what about the set here? It's, it's stated that there's a that there's a central throne, and uh, so I, I wonder about the placement of people. You know, if you have a a, a central throne, then you're going to have an issue. Uh, uh, a director is going to have an issue with people wanting to give focus to the king, as he is the king in the room, uh, at, at, at or most most of the time. So how do how would you handle that, Christina? How would you handle that sort of situation where? There is this central focus point. Well, I think it'd be cool if there were a central focus point smack dab in the middle of the stage with tiered steps going up to kind of the throne that's high. It'd be Mm -hmm. cool if the throne could spin, which would give those armed guards some sort of opportunity to be very actively involved. So if, you know, with the king taking on the central role of trying to be funny, it's almost as if he's being spun in different directions toward the audience to kind of meet different audience members trying to, I don't know, rally their support oh. or get them to laugh. Uh-huh. So the king is kind of moving in different different directions. Plus that gives other people um, the opportunity to kind of move around in front of him, but he's still central because he's higher. Anybody have any further thoughts on, on that? Yeah, no, I was just thinking that I, you know, if I were to design the set, I, I think I would put the throne off to stage left or stage right. Because you know, to me, while the king is obviously in charge of everything that's happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think a lot of the humor is the, the, how the audience is reacting to to him. So I would want them more in the center of the stage as opposed to having the throne. But mm-hmm. I would definitely elevate it so that it was you know clear that that he was above everybody else that was below him. Sure. Anybody? Anybody else? No. I, I wonder I if you could put him in the in the audience. The king. Yeah. Almost almost center aisle kind of business. Um, and then, and then suddenly the audience is part of your court as the king and they better follow along Mm -hmm. and, you know, you get that sort of melded, you know, in theater sometimes we're trying to bring down fourth wall. That's a nice convention where you can try, where it forces the audience to laugh. Yeah. Or doesn't. And the king can play with that. You know, if you have, if you have a a king that's willing to take whatever the audience (laughs) is giving or not giving, you know, he can, he or she can take that and say yes or no and raise the stakes because of what they're giving or not giving. Yeah, old, old Perlmuter does give us this here in the beginning. Uh, he, uh, he does give us that uh, additional citizens as as desired at, at the bottom. So that might be the gift that, that you're looking at there. Uh, oh, yeah, right here. Um, yeah, under the, uh, under, the, under the cast list there. Uh, yeah. It might be exactly what you're... What you're getting at, you know, the or, with or the perhaps you sell the higher ticket seats, put them on stage, and give them wine to drink while they're at the play. Ah, that's what we're at. Yeah, that's Perlmuter does that. It's brilliant, man. Where he, uh, you see how he opens up that option for yes. the director, but without prescribing it. Yes, it's available to the director to well, interpret that. Yes, just... the director decides to do so. Beautiful. 
That is. I love efficient stage directions of that of that nature, where they present opportunities, but they don't necessarily eliminate others. <laughs> I, I agree. Thank you, Kemper. Oh, I think boy. I think that's an excellent segue into saying uh, thank you, Michael Perlmuter, for thank you, Michael, for your excellent. <laughs> And of course, I want to thank all of our performers here today. Thank you to Jason and Michael and Kurt and Christina and Kemper. That's your name right there. <laughs> and we want to make sure we thank also Lauren Watkins and Zodiac Productions. <laughs> make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get a brand new play every week at 12.01 a.m. on Monday. And if you love what we do, do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot. If you want more information about Panglossian Productions, you can go to www.panglossian.org, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.